If you're looking for proven ways to take your fundraising results to the next level, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Intentional Fundraiser Podcast, hosted by Tammy Zonker. Tammy has trained and led thousands of nonprofit organizations to collectively raise more than a half billion dollars and is also recognized as one of America's top 20 fundraising experts. This is the podcast where Tammy equips and empowers amazing fundraising pros like you to transform your fundraising so you can transform the world. And now, let's hear from Tammy. We'll start the show in a moment after a word from a few amazing fundraisers about what they value most as members of Tammy Zonker's Fundraising Transformers community. I have had the honor of learning and growing from Tammy. She has really helped us understand how to communicate better with our donors, how to make sure that our mission is at the front line of their decision making. And she has just been an absolute joy to learn from. That's Stevie Shoemate from Chapters Health Foundation in Tampa, talking about how being a growth member is helping her communicate better with her donors. When you join Tammy's Fundraising Transformers community as a growth member, you get live training and coaching with Tammy twice each month. You can get your burning questions answered during her live Ask Me Anything sessions. You get to join in Tammy's live weekly hot topic discussions. You can engage with other fundraising pros like you and her private and safe online community. And you get 24-7 access to her growing library of on-demand fundraising training videos and tools. Here's Jenna Sapluski from the Coalition for Children, Youth, and Families in Milwaukee talking about how being a growth member in Tammy's Fundraising Transformers community is helping her grow her capacity, her skills, and her confidence as a fundraiser. It's been so helpful for me to grow my capacity and my skills. I feel more confident uh, knowing that I have Tammy and the Fundraising Transformers group for support. I've reached out to Tammy and the group on several occasions, whether it be just some wording for an email to say, hey, can somebody give me just a little bit of feedback on this? I'd love your thoughts before I send this out for an initiative. We'll hear more later in the show about why Jenna values having access to Tammy's members-only, on-demand training library. To learn more about the Fundraising Transformers community, visit fundraisingtransformed.com forward slash growth. Today, we're talking about your case for support, a critically important tool in every organization's fundraising toolkit. Fundraising legend Jerry Panis had a lot to say about the case for support. He said, people give to the magic of an idea. People give to audacious dreams. Of course, Jerry was an internationally recognized leader and best-selling author in the field of fundraising and philanthropy. He passed in 2018 at the age of 89, but his legacy and influence are alive and well. A case for support, in its simplest form, is a philanthropic investment prospectus, a document that tells prospective donors or supporters, if you prefer, what your nonprofit organization hopes to accomplish with the donor's philanthropic gifts. A case for support may be for capital or capacity building. It could be for a special project. It could be a case to sustain your day-to-day operations and delivery of your core services. 
Regardless, a well-written case for support must answer the following questions. Number one, what do you do and why does it matter? And you have to convey that in compelling and emotional terms. Number two, why are you the organization to address this matter? Number three, why now? And lastly, why me? Why me, your potential or probable donor? Recent research findings from the Institute for Sustainable Philanthropy, co-founded by Dr. Adrian Sargent, reports that 71% of survey participants believe they have a strong and compelling case for support. Of course, that means that 29% of respondents don't believe they have a strong and compelling case for support. But for now, let's focus on the 71% who say they do. When the research drills more deeply into the specific components of the case for support, respondents grow less confident. So, in other words, 57.9% of respondents believe that their case for support focuses on why we do this work meaning the clear and compelling case for the work, why it matters, significantly fewer than the overall 71% who believe they have an overall compelling case for support. Only 55% believe their case for su support answers the question, why are you the organization to address this matter, your unique value proposition? Only 59% believe their case for support is deeply emotional. When we step back and really look at the numbers, something doesn't compute. The average self-assessment rating on the individual components of the case for support being strong is only 57.3%. And yet, 71% of survey respondents believe they have a clear and compelling case for support. I'm not questioning the integrity of Dr. Sargent's research at all. I'm questioning how accurately we assess our own work. In this case, the quality of our case for support. Are we fooling ourselves? There's a well-known truism in the marketing and branding world that says, quote, it's not who you say you are, it's who they say you are, end quote. Maybe this truism applies to our case for support as well. Maybe we have an overinflated assessment of how great our cases for support really are. Maybe just maybe our cases for support really aren't that great, and maybe it has a direct impact on our donor retention rates, which are pretty dismal here in the U.S. On average, we have about 46% of our overall donors stay with us year over year, so a 46% overall retention rate and a 20% retention rate for first-time donors. Maybe it's time to revisit our case for support with beginner's mind crafting every word like a love letter to our donors or probable supporters, writing it like a promise to those we serve. Compelling, passionate, emotional, feels right, makes sense, head and heart in alignment. Let's revisit the key elements of your case for support and let's talk about some common mistakes. First of all, what we do and why it matters. Does your case for support focus on the present and the future you're creating? Or does it focus on the past? Does it read like a historical dissertation on the founding of your organization? That's not good. Like I always say, people applaud the past, but they fund the future. 
Is your case for support all about you, your organization? We do this and we do that. Aren't we great? Give us your money. Your case for support should be about the intended impact on those you serve and the community, thanks to caring and generous supporters. Next, why are we the ones to do this work? So what's so special about the work you do? What's your theory of change? Your service delivery model? What is your unique value proposition? How is it that you do your work differently than other causes in your community that might be doing similar work? Why you? If you work in children's mental health, perhaps your unique value proposition is that your clinicians are all certified in trauma-informed care. If you're a youth theater, perhaps your theory of change is centered on leadership and character development first and performance second. If you're a health foundation, perhaps you're treating the whole person, physical health, mental and emotional health, spiritual health. I'll tell you what doesn't make you special. You're not special because of your people. Now, don't get me wrong. You have very special people on your team. You have very special people working and volunteering for your cause. But that's what everyone says. What sets us apart are our people. In today's world, that's white noise. It's the all too often default easy button when asked what makes your organization special or unique. Next, why now? What's the sense of urgency? In our pandemic world, with unprecedented basic needs like healthcare, food, shelter, in a world where awareness and outrage about social injustices and inequities are rising, in a world where evidence of global climate crisis is striking closer and closer to home, you need to convey a sense of urgency to your donors and probable supporters. But what if you aren't an essential type organization? What if you're an arts organization or a humane society, an animal rescue organization? Or what if you're a museum? How do you capture the attention of your donors and probable supporters? Well, I'm happy to say you too can create a sense of urgency. And so let me give you a couple of examples. At a time when youth suicide rates are rapidly rising across the U.S., our youth theater provides an outlet for creative expression, a safe place to be, to belong, to connect in a caring community of creatives. Or maybe it's not just about our planet getting warmer and icebergs melting. It's about the rapidly increasing rates of droughts, forest fires, hurricanes, and other natural disasters ravaging our communities and devastating families all across our community and our country. We must find and scale a solution. Our very lives depend on it. So those are just a couple of examples for non-essential type causes. Next, why me? Meaning, why the donor? This is our opportunity to connect directly to our donor or our probable donor's deeply held values to connect to their identity. According to Dr. Jen Sheng, co-founder of the Institute for Sustainable Philanthropy, the world's only philanthropic psychologist, and Dr. Adrian Sargent's better half, there are nine adjectives that Americans use to describe a moral person. Kind, caring, compassionate, 
helpful, friendly, fair, hardworking, generous, and honest. So when crafting your case for support messaging around why me, the donor, select a couple of adjectives from that list. Weave them into your case for support strategically, allowing the donor or probable donor to reflect on who they believe themselves to be or who they aspire to be. Tama Hearn, one of the most prolific fundraising copywriters of all time, was featured in the New York Times with an appeal he created for Sharp Healthcare Systems. An excerpt from the appeal read, You came to our hospital as a patient in need of help. Thank you for that profound act of trust. Now we come to you humbly to ask for your help in return. The cause for excellent health care here in our community needs you. Will you consider becoming its champion by making a gift? This letter has been used by Sharp Healthcare Systems for 10 years with slight tweaks each year and has brought in more than 35,000 donations ranging from a dollar to $20,000. Its tone and wording make the connection between giving and the innermost perceptions of who our donors see themselves as a person. In other words, identity, answering the question, why you? We're back with growth member Jenna Zapluski from the Coalition for Children, Youth, and Families in Milwaukee talking about how having 24-7 access to Tammy Zonker's on-demand training library is helping her become a better fundraiser. Since joining the Fundraising Transformers group, I have had the opportunity to go back and re-watch a host of trainings on such a wide variety of topics from how to work with my team members inside my organization to how to get my board excited and passionate about fundraising and topics like how to reach out to a donor and how to get a meeting with a donor. Here's Stevie Shoemate from Chapters Health Foundation in Tampa, sharing that as a growth member in Tammy's Fundraising Transformers community, you're never alone. How members of the community support one another by sharing resources and lessons learned to help solve tough fundraising problems. You oftentimes learn from other people across the entire country, which is really nice because it helps you understand that you're not alone in your uh, fundraising challenges. It, um, I was just sharing with someone the other day that it really helped me feel like I wasn't the only one experiencing these challenges, knowing that someone from New York or New Hampshire or Texas, um, people all over the U.S. with varying communities and different fundraising strategies, we're all in this together. At the end of the show, we'll hear why members enjoy learning from Tammy and what you can expect when you join as a growth member in her Fundraising Transformers community. To learn more about the Fundraising Transformers community, visit fundraisingtransformed.com forward slash growth. So if I've been successful, you might be thinking that you need to blow the dust off your case for support. Maybe it is time to refresh it or throw it out and start from scratch. Or for some of you, it is time to thoughtfully, strategically, intentionally write your case for support for the very first time. After all, your case for support is the Rosetta Stone of your fundraising strategy. I'm sure you've heard reference to the Rosetta Stone before. 
No, it's not just an app to help you learn a foreign language quickly and efficiently. The Rosetta Stone is a large stone found in 1799 by soldiers in Napoleon's army near Rosetta on the West Nile in Egypt. Carved into the stone were parallel inscriptions in Greek, Egyptian hieroglyphics, and demonic characters, or cursive Egyptian. The Rosetta Stone essentially became the secret decoder ring for translating hydroglyphics. Your case for support is the Rosetta Stone of your fundraising program. Whether you're preparing a proposal for a grant funder or an individual major donor, whether you're writing copy for the website or an impact report, creating a multi-channel appeal or a monthly giving program. Your case for support is the source document, the cornerstone, the Rosetta Stone from which you begin. Your case for support informs all donor communication. It's not the only information you need, but it is the main ingredient. You still need stories, gift strings, booster statements, impact statements, maybe a budget depending on the project, but the case for support is the main ingredient. Now, I'm a baker. I love to bake with my three-year-old grandson, Hudson. So indulge me as I use a baking analogy. If you want a delicious, beautiful, fragrant loaf of bread, you know, crusty on the outside, warm and soft on the inside, if you want to bake that bread, you need flour. But you also need yeast, sugar, butter, and eggs, and a pinch of salt. You get the point. The case for support is not a standalone document. You can't make bread with just flour, and you can't maximize fundraising without a clear, compelling, and emotional case for support. So why do so few organizations have a case for support? When I'm conducting fundraising effectiveness assessments for my clients, I often find that they have a case for support for a current or a past capital campaign. They may even have a case for support for a specific program, generally because a grant funder required it. But they typically don't have that clear, compelling, emotional, and urgent case for support for their overall operations. They more than likely don't have a case for support that puts forth a Jerry Panis-worthy audacious dream. There's no magical transformational vision. And as a result, those organizations struggle to maximize their fundraising potential. They are slow to attract and even slower to retain donors. Now, here's a short funny story I once heard. There was a nonprofit fundraising pro working for an organization doing really great work in their community. He managed a portfolio of major donors, caring, generous people. Among those supporters, he had his go-to donor. You know the one. The donor who always steps up to support a special project. Fills the gap if there's a funding need that's short of goal. 10000 here, 5000 there. Amazing. I hope you all have a go-to donor or two. One day our fundraiser opens the morning paper and sees a feature story with a photo of his donor. This donor made a million-dollar gift to another organization. Now, as you can imagine, our fundraiser was gobsmacked, more than a little hurt. Well, he pouted around the office all morning and finally, by afternoon, mustered up the courage to call his donor. The donor picked up the phone on the second ring. Congratulations, said our fundraiser. I saw the paper this morning. 
How wonderful for you and them. But I have to ask, why them? Why not us? I mean, you always step up when we have a need. I know you love our mission and believe in our work. Why them? The donor paused and he thoughtfully responded. It's very simple, my friend. You never brought me a million dollar idea. People give to the audacity of a dream. People give to the magic of a big idea. What's your audacious dream? What's your magical idea? So back to the basics. What do you do and why does it matter? What difference do you make in your community, your region, or the world? Why are you the ones to do this work? What is your unique value proposition? And why do you need me? How do my values and identity align with your vision, your audacious dream? I know we're in the fourth quarter of the year, the most generous fundraising season of the year, the busiest time. And you might be thinking, Tammy, I'm way too busy to write or rewrite my case for support or make bread for that matter. I'm scheduling major donor visits and preparing proposals. I'm working on my year-end multi-channel appeal. We're launching our donor thankathon in three weeks, maybe earlier for my Canadian friends. Our gala, it's right around the corner. Yes, my friends, I know. I have walked in your shoes. For nine years, I served as chief philanthropy officer at the Children's Center in Detroit, where we tripled fundraising results in the first three years. I get it. As many of you know, I resigned my position with the Children's Center six months ago to devote my full attention to my business, Fundraising Transformed. I can tell you that by stepping away, I have gained even more clarity on the needle-moving strategies, activities, and tools needed to achieve higher levels of fundraising success. A quality case for support is one of them. You don't have time to step over this important cornerstone in your fundraising toolkit. Now be warned, when you start talking about audacious dreams and magical, even transformational ideas and making promises to those you serve, it'll shake things up a little bit, perhaps from top to bottom at your organization, especially if you aren't already in the business of audacity, of big thinking, of transformational change. But start today. Find your most recent case for support. Read it word for word. Does it clearly communicate what you do and why it matters in human terms without academic language and jargon? Does it convey urgency? What will likely happen if we don't solve this problem or meet this need? Is there a clear opportunity for the current or probable supporters in your organization to make a difference? Does it inspire you? Because if it doesn't inspire you, it surely won't inspire others. You can do this. I believe in you and your ability to transform your fundraising. So you can transform the world. We're back for a final word about Tammy Zonker's training style and what you can expect when you join as a growth member in her Fundraising Transformers community. Here's growth member Jenna Sapluski from the Coalition for Children, Youth, and Families in Milwaukee. 
Tammy is so encouraging. She's very empowering. She really wants you to succeed in your role. And that really comes through with everything that she does from the monthly coaching calls to the monthly webinars. The guidance I've received from Tammy and other members of the Fundraising Transformers group has always been so constructive, so beneficial, and you can tell everyone in the group wants everybody else to succeed because we all know what a challenging job it can be to fundraise for our, our wonderful causes and our organizations. You may be asking yourself, can a growth membership really help me improve my fundraising results? Is it worth my time? Laurel Grow from Phoenix Family in Kansas City shared that her organization increased charitable dollars raised by 132% since joining as a growth member. Becky Shambliss from Awake in Anchorage, Alaska shared that her organization increased donor retention from 13% to 69% in about a year using what they learned from Tammy's training. And growth member Amanda Johnson from Multiplying Good in Indianapolis shared that her organization exceeded their annual fundraising goal by 104% and grew overall giving by 13% in one year by applying lessons learned from Tammy as a member of her Fundraising Transformers community. Here's member Stevie Shumate again sharing how she and you can grow your fundraising skills as a growth member of Tammy's Fundraising Transformers community. This is the first fundraising role that I have ever been in before. Um, so at 30 years old, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, well, how do I rocket launch my fundraising expertise? You learn from Tammy Zonker. That's what you do. Become a member of the Fundraising Transformers community. To join our live monthly training and Ask Me Anything sessions and get access to our growing library of on-demand training videos and tools and share lessons learned with other fundraising pros like you in our private and safe online community, visit fundraisingtransform.com growth, click join, and get started today. That's it for this episode of the Intentional Fundraiser Podcast. If you like this podcast, subscribe and download each episode on your favorite podcast platform. Share it on social media with the hashtag, The Intentional Fundraiser, and tag me, Tammy Zonker, and you'll be entered into a drawing for some great swag, books, and courses. And if you like today's show, you might also be interested in becoming a member of my Fundraising Transformer community where I go live twice a month with my members with fundraising training and group coaching to help transform those fundraising issues that keep you awake at night where I pull back the curtain on how you can take your fundraising results to the next level by teaching ways you can improve your development operations create a results driven donor centric development plan strengthen donor relationships improve your donor retention rates and build a raging monthly giving program and a successful major gifts program and how you can approach each day to ensure you'll perform at your highest level so you can be the best fundraiser and the best person you can possibly be. Thank you for showing up and for having the courage and determination to transform your fundraising so you can transform the world. Bye for now.